RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top story is the Financial Secretary says he's not ruling out cash handouts in his next budget. The Commerce and Economic Development Secretary predicts that the economy may pick up in the new year and Donald Trump calls on the World Bank to stop lending money to China. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan said he will consider giving cash handouts when he draws up the 2020-2021 budget. Speaking on a radio programme, he said the administration aims to use resources purposefully, but he's noticed that some people are unhappy because they haven't benefited from relief measures like waivers for rates. He says the government will be in deficit in coming years and has to consider its fiscal policy over the long term. Some people are suggesting across-the-board kind of cash handouts. Some people suggesting a targeted approach. And there are also a lot of people holding a very different view, saying that during these difficult economic times, particularly in view of the possible protracted period of heavy external headwind, perhaps we should save the resources for the future. So in the meantime, I'm adopting a listening mode, continue to engage different sectors to listen to their views. Mr Chan also said it's too early to say whether Hong Kong faces a structural deficit. He said the government will unavoidably be in the red in the next two years, but it doesn't plan to slash spending. Mr Chan added that he did consider the idea of pushing back the tax collection date by six months as a relief measure, but gave up the idea as unfeasible. He said the salaries and profits tax amounts to $200 billion, and delaying collection means the government might end up with a deficit of more than $100 billion this year. He added that citizens still have to pay tax, even if the due date was postponed. The government is allowing tax bills to be paid in instalments, and the financial chief says he's asked the Inland Revenue Department to take a lenient approach. The Commerce and Economic Development Secretary Edward Yao said the sluggish Hong Kong economy is likely to pick up in the new year with the progress of US-Sino trade talks and as civil unrest dies down. He told a radio programme that the tariffs imposed by the US can hardly increase further, so things can't get much worse. He says local businesses should also seek opportunities elsewhere. He said dialogue between the government and the people on political issues will help solve the economic crisis, but added that reconciliation in society is also vital. I hope that well, we are seeing some light at the end of the tunnel uh, with the sitting down of the uh, two uh, leaders uh, and, and, and the team. Hopefully we will be sort of uh, uh, having some easing on that tension. Uh, which will create a, uh, a better environment for us, uh, hopefully in, in, in the new year. Police Commissioner Chris Tang says he's thanked President Xi Jinping for what he called his unwavering support for Hong Kong police. Mr Tang was speaking during his first official visit to Beijing since being appointed to the top job last month. Mr Tang will also visit the Central Political and Legal Affairs Commission and Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office. He's expected to be in charge of operations tomorrow when the Civil Human Rights Front holds a march and rally for the first time since August. President Trump has lashed out at the World Bank for lending money to China, which he says is rich and doesn't need the help. Sean Kennedy has more. 
Writing on Twitter, Mr Trump said China had plenty of money, adding that if they don't, they create it. And he called on the World Bank to stop lending money to China. He was reiterating a position long held by his administration, including David Mulpass when he was a Treasury Department official before becoming the head of the World Bank. Mr Trump's message was also echoed by his Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, who told a House of Representatives committee on Thursday that the United States objected to the institution's multi-year program of loans and projects in China. King Salman of Saudi Arabia has condemned the killing of three people at a US military base which was carried out by a Saudi gunman. He said his country was helping the investigation into the shootings in Florida. The attacker was a member of the Saudi Air Force who was in the United States for training. He injured eight other people before being shot dead by police. The Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, says the Saudi authorities should be held financially responsible. Given that this was a foreign national in the employ of a foreign service, uh, and, and there'll be time to do this, but obviously the, the government of Saudi Arabia uh, needs to, to make things better for these victims. Um, and I think that they're going to owe a debt here, uh, given that this is one of their individuals. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The Swedish activist Greta Thunberg has warned that the climate crisis is still being ignored by those in power as she attends a UN climate conference in Madrid. Speaking alongside other teenagers, she said the movement she started, warning of a climate emergency, had gained momentum, but there had still been no real action to limit global warming. I sincerely hope that the world leaders, the people in power, grasp the urgency of the climate crisis because it, right now it doesn't seem like they are. And I know we will do everything we can to make sure that this is something that cannot be ignored anymore, that they cannot just hide away anymore. Ms. Thunberg said people who were afraid of change were trying to silence climate activists. These protesters called for governments to increase their efforts on the issue. They need to be ambitious, like they have been too much ambitious about economy and we need now that they will take decisions to be ambitious about environment, about justice and about fairness. Uh, if you see, 10 years ago there were not so many people doing this and at the end I think it will work. I am optimistic about the future, yes. A jury in Los Angeles has found in favour of the billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk in a defamation case brought by a British cave diver. Vernon Unsworth helped rescue 12 boys and their football coach from a flooded cave in Thailand last year. Mr Musk called him Pedo Guy on Twitter after he rejected the offer of a mini-submarine to help in the rescue operation. Mr Unsworth's lawyer, Mark Stevens, addressed the media outside the courtroom. Vernon went toe-to-toe with a billionaire bully. Not many people have the courage to do that. We did the best we can. We worked night and day for Vernon. We believe Vernon, we believe in his cause, is a properly a, a hero and he has been recognised as such. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the opposition Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn have clashed over issues including Brexit, the National Health Service and trust in politics in their final televised debate before next week's general election. On Brexit, Mr Corbyn challenged Mr Johnson to be honest on how his deal would affect Northern Ireland. He hasn't been exactly straightforward on the issues surrounding trade with Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. We need a bit of openness from the government. There are going to be charges, there are going to be customs checks, there are going to be restrictions on trade between Britain and Northern Ireland. But the Prime Minister questioned Mr Corbyn's ability to clinch a new Brexit deal. 
everybody on the Labour front bench is uh, campaigning to remain, apart from Mr Corbyn, who is, who is neutral on the matter. Who is going to secure this deal? How can you get a deal, a new deal from Brussels for Brexit, if you don't actually believe in it? Saudi Arabia and Russia have secured agreement on unusually deep cuts in oil production by OPEC and its allies in a bid to strengthen prices. The value of Brent crude, an oil price benchmark, rose 2% on the news that they had agreed to slash output by half a million barrels a day for three months. To sport now and football, and with a preview of this weekend's English Premier League action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. The Manchester derby is the highlight of this weekend's action in the Premier League. Third place Manchester City are 11 points clear of sixth place Manchester United, which sums up the current golfing class between the two sides. But history is on United's side. City won last season's Etihad Stadium derby 3-1, but it was their first home win against their neighbours since 2014. They've both had recent wobbles, but the two teams go into the game in high spirits following impressive mid Week wins over Burnley and Tottenham. Everton will have a caretaker manager in charge of their game against Chelsea. Marco Silva was sacked on Thursday as they slipped into the relegation zone, so club legend Duncan Ferguson is interim head coach against Chelsea. Elsewhere, after making five changes for the midweek win over Everton, leaders Liverpool could make more changes as they travel to Bournemouth. Liverpool are eight points clear of Leicester City, who make the short trip across the English Midlands to take on Aston. Villa. And after his first defeat as Tottenham manager since taking over, Jose Mourinho will aim to bounce back when Spurs host Burnley. Those are some of the big games to look forward to this weekend. This is John Bennett at BBC Global Sport. Organisers of the Hong Kong Open Golf Tournament say the event will now be held next month. It was postponed last month because of, the, of nearly six months of anti-government protests. The tournament, one of the biggest in Asia, will take place between January the 9th and 12th at the Hong Kong Golf Club in Fanling. Organisers say the 120-player field will include top international golfers with ranking points and a one million US dollar prize up for grabs. And that's the news from RTHK. Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3pm. This week we have a new selection of hot new tracks from a surprising number of places on the planet, in between which we sample tracks from our hot Latino featured EP from Paris-based band Tamayo. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. He is from Rome. And starting our belly button of the world a selection of hot new tracks from a lot of places on the planet, we start off with this debut EP from a four-piece group based in Paris. They call themselves Bantu Mental or Mental Bantu. Uh, there's a strong African section there, and they've just released their debut album of the same name, Bantu Mental. Four members of the quartet, drummer and songwriter Cuba Cabella, originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo and in Paris for quite a few years. Guitarist Chico Catembo, part of the staff Benda Bilili story early on before going to Paris to live with his French mother. The singer Apocalypse is a big face in the Parisian Congo scene, alumnus of the orchestra of Kofi Olomide, 
uh, Emperor of Congolese Sukus, and Liam Farrell, a.k.a. Dr. L, born Irish, raised Parisian, musician, composer, and producer. The album itself was born in the Paris region of Chateau Rouge uh, and uh, originally started being composed in Matonge. Uh, it is heavily influenced by the plight of the illegal migrants. This track on the charts from their debut album is called Yoka Chagrin, or Yoka Sadness, as that would translate. It's sung in their original Lingala language. <laughs> Yo, Cassandra, 